Thank you very much. It's good to have you here. I know you have greeted your neighbors. We are here to just share the word of God this morning. I think you will agree with us that as King City Church for the past few weeks, even during lockdown, we have been in the book of Matthew looking at a few few principles from the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ, the King and me. How you as a Christian, you relate to the King of Kings, who is your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Last week, or in the past two Sundays, verse has been sharing on Matthew chapter 5, on the Beatitudes. Uh, You know, the, the Beatitudes show what I call the essential character of the citizens of the kingdom of God. If you want to see the character that Jesus expects of you as a believer, you need to just take time and read the the Beatitudes because they will be helping you. I think I'll be better off with that mic this morning. It's... um, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I was saying the Beatitudes, they show or reflect what we call or they describe the essential character of the kingdom citizens. If you read all of them, each one of them shows you one character that you ought to develop as a Christian, particularly in these last days. And because Jesus expects you and me to fully embrace his nature, his character, his mind, his desire, his passion, so that we can be true disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, so that we can really stand for Jesus, because the Bible says you and me are ambassadors of the Lord Jesus Christ, meaning we fully represent who he is, what he is doing, what he has done, what he will do, and everything that he is. That's why the Bible says, as he is, so are we here on earth in this life. So verse did a good job on the Beatitudes. So I want us to begin from Matthew chapter number 5 this morning, even as I talk to us about the fear of persecution. I want us to to, to understand that persecution is a very good thing. (laughs) It is part and parcel of our everything that Jesus has given us and that Jesus expects us to be or to do in this life. So you can never wish persecution away as a Christian. You can never pray it away. So don't waste time and going to God and say, please, they are persecuting me. Take away this persecution. Uh -uh, It won't happen. You will have to go through it and you will have to enjoy it because it brings a blessedness of God, a particular blessedness of God in your life. So verse read Matthew chapter 5, I think it's verse number 11. We will read it. It's up there where it says, blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you 
and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Please, not on the account of your sins eh? and your weaknesses or your misdeeds. No, but on the account of who? Jesus Christ. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And guess what? Jesus says at some point, if they did this to this green tree, the white tree, what more to the dry tree? So ladies and gentlemen, as long as you stand for Jesus, persecution is on you, on your way. But listen very careful how I want to put this this morning. Many of us as Christians, you know, are so afraid of persecution. And because we are so afraid of persecution, we play our game so smartly according to the smartness of the world around us so we don't infringe on their so-called freedoms, on their so-called opinions, and on their so-called ways of doing things. But let me put it this way this morning. that You see, the world around you, if you are a Christian, is aiming at one thing, your righteousness. If they can persecute your righteousness and not allow you to fully practice your righteousness, congratulations. That's all they want. The world would focus on... You know, switching off the light, the shine of your righteousness, so that in the process of this life, you look like them. And not look like Jesus. You do like them, and not do like Jesus. You smell like them, and not smell like Jesus. Because when you smell like the world, they are happy. Even if you are amongst them, they will just, just, just say, hi, brother so and so, pastor bishop so and so. And you are not in any manner affecting who they are. And you are not disturbing their principalities. You are not disturbing their spiritual world. You are not disturbing anything about them. Then you are a good person. And you are that kind of Christian that they would love to have around them. And they will just do their things and say, I will just ask Brother Clive to open with a word of prayer. And Clive will stand up and say, oh, Father, bless them and all that kind of stuff. And they enjoy it. And you have done absolutely nothing but just a ritual, a religious ritual. So the world is after your righteousness. And so the world will persecute your loyalty to righteousness. The moment you decide to stand for Jesus, you walk in the spirit of that scripture. They begin to point fingers. They begin to disown you. They begin to criticize you. And the reason why they should criticize you is so that you stop walking in righteousness. You stop manifesting righteousness. Because ladies and gentlemen, what the world is looking for is righteousness. Don't you think so? Evil triumphs when good men do nothing. 
evil triumphs when righteousness does not show face. When righteousness does not show up. When righteousness has no voice, evil will triumph. Wherever evil is triumphing and enjoying and celebrating is an indication that righteousness is silent. Righteousness is not speaking. Righteousness is not at work. And the world rejoices and enjoys over that. Let me follow my notes. So the, the secular world around us frowns at righteousness and vilifies those who stand out for Jesus Christ. So you have a duty to choose Jesus or the world. <laughs> righteousness or fitting in the schemes of the, the world. Uh, some years ago, when I was somewhere, my senior pastor there was invited to go and uh, pray at a conference for this very big party in Zimbabwe. Uh, a member of that party attends that church. He's a senior member of that party in the Politburo. So he had been promoted to, I think it was national chairperson of that party. So my senior pastor was busy. And he asked me to go to Plum Tree and, oh, and pray <laughs> for that man in their Congress. You know the people I'm talking about. I, go, I went there. I was driven there. Congratulations. Well, by the church people, not by them. So we, <laughs> we got there. I was given clear instructions as to what they expected from me. Yeah? They came to me and said, look here, pastor, we are not preaching here. We are not doing all those things you people are known for. Here, you are just going to stand up and pray and go. Yeah? That was the command. You know, I, I didn't get angry. In fact, I was excited that they are afraid of me. I was excited that they know I was going to spoil their gathering. Yeah? And then they gave me the mic. I went up there. There were so many of them. All of them you can imagine. And I was like, oh my God. At least let me say something before I pray. Because now I have the mic. And I had the audacity to say, Master of Ceremonies. I am just going to go against your crane. Just one thing. And the only thing I said was, Mr. Man, as a Christian, remember promotion comes from the Lord, not from your party, and not from you, and not from your structures. If this one came from your structures, it will not last long. But if it came from the God of heaven, whom I represent here, it will last and will have eternal impact. And then I prayed and quickly gave the mic and rushed to my vehicle and off we came. But the truth is that promotion did not last. Maybe because it wasn't from the very source. Righteousness is feared in the world. And because you are the righteousness of God, the world must convince you that you are like them. The world must try its best to make you put on the garments of the world. 
not Jesus Christ. So that when you walk amongst them, there is no impact. And when you have been living with them, and now you want to speak a different language and behave differently and do things differently, guess what? The more they attack you. This is what Peter is writing about in First Peter chapter number 4, verse 4. Let's read that scripture. Where he says, with respect to this, they are surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery, And they malign you. In the past, you used to be among them. And they do like them. And they do the things that you were both doing. Yeah? But now that you have put on Christ, and now that you are in the Lord Jesus Christ, guess what? You are no longer, you are no longer in the same flood of debauchery with them, in the same flood of sin or unrighteousness with them. And then they begin to point fingers at you. They begin to vile you. They begin to vilify you. They begin to persecute you. They begin to say all kinds of things about you and your faith. Ah, that one. He thinks now he's more holy than everyone else. He thinks he's Jesus. He thinks this, this, this is... It is okay. And in the fear of that, many of us then begin to move backwards and begin to participate in their schemes and in their plans. No, they are my friends. You know, I want to walk with them and see if I can help them. I've seen many people who walk out and they walk back and never walking out again. Because the moment you decide to walk out of them, stay walking forward and never walk backwards because they have criticized you. When you walk backwards, I can assure you walking out is always difficult. A lot of us believers these days are like that, trying to fit in. Trying to, to be correct politically, to be correct socially, to be correct culturally, to be correct religiously. A lot of us believers are trying to see if we can find a way so that we are not persecuted for Christ. That's why many these days you will read news and see wherever you see your news and your stories. Many of us Christians are not persecuted for the account of the Lord Jesus Christ, but for the things we have done wrong. We have stolen money. We have slept with so many women, so many men. Yeah? We have done all this. We have been corrupt like them. Do you know that the moment you confess that you are, you are a child of Jesus Christ and you participate in their corruptions, they highlight you. They make you their face. The reason is mocking the Christ you are confessing. They say they are Christians, but look at this. They are part of us. We are with them in this. We are eating with them. <laughs> we, we're doing these things. And the moment you try to come out, they splash everything to the public, to the whole world, and you hide. 
I thought that, ladies and gentlemen, the best way of doing it is to let them persecute you for who you are in Christ Jesus. Let them say anything. And when they do so, Jesus said, you are blessed. Blessed are you. And when God says you are blessed, he means you are blessed. You see, the blessing of God, like verse said the other time, is different from the way the world understands blessing, isn't it? Yes. The challenge is that we think that when we are persecuted for Christ, then we will not have the material things that we are focused on. Uh -uh. The blessing of the Lord encompasses all those things, even when I am being vilified for being a Christian. Talk to your neighbor and say, don't be afraid. Yes, don't be afraid. You see, when we begin to align to the mind of the world and we are afraid of being persecuted for Jesus, we lose two things that I want to share with us this morning. Two things that we lose. And these two things make only one thing anyway. Because they work together. And these are the things that we lose. Matthew chapter 5, again, that is where we are. From verse number 13 to verse number 16. I will read the scripture. It says, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Hallelujah. You see, I need you to picture this. Jesus is sitting on a mountain. It's a big rock, maybe bigger than the mountains in Matopo here, where I come from. He is sitting. There is a multitude. And the disciples come to him, and he begins to teach. He's not preaching, he's teaching. I'm sure he's seated down with everyone else sitting down, and he is teaching. And he teaches the longest sermon, the sermon on the mount. It covers three chapters. <laughs> Chapter 5, 6, and 7. It should have been a very long thing, probably the whole day. He was teaching. And he says what he says. And then he looks at the people that is talking to them and says to them, you are the salt. Eh? You are the salt of the earth. You, my followers, you, my believers, are the salt of the earth. And he goes on to say, you are the light of the world. Two key things. The salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And if you read the Bible further, particularly in the book of John, Jesus also begins to define himself as the light of the world. Because you have believed in the light, therefore you are the light. Because you are ambassadors of Christ, therefore you are ambassadors of light. 
Because you've put on Christ, therefore you've put on light. That's the whole essence. You are the salt. You are the light. And what does this mean? You see, salt and the light. Let me get to where I am. These are metaphors indicating our citizens' influence for good as we penetrate the secular society. Salt and light, they indicate the influence that the children of God, the followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, will have when they penetrate the secular world around them. We function and operate like salt. Very essential, but not as common, not as expensive. Do you know that everything can go up in prices? Salt remains the cheapest. Yeah, very cheap. Very, very cheap. That speaks volumes about you. The challenge with us, we want to be sugar. Too sweet to the world. We can't. Sugar causes a lot of challenges. Jesus said we are the salt. No one just picks up salt and throws it in their mouth like that. No, it's not edible. It's not edible. So why do you want the world to love you? To just eat you like they are eating chocolate. You aren't chocolate. You aren't anything else, but you are salt. And salt adds flavor. Cheap as it is, and common as it is, you cannot run a successful kitchen without salt. You can't. Are you with me? In my culture, they say food without salt is for the dead. Yeah, yeah. it's for the fairies, mkobo, or goblins. You give your goblin salt, it dies. <laughs> I'm trying to show you how powerful you are. Don't look for the highest seats. Don't look for the highest places. Don't look for the forefront things. Don't look for this glamour and this flamboyance in the world. You are salt. They cannot do without you. If you are not careful, guess what? they would influence you to become something that is not who you are. And when you agree with them and they make you who you are, you lose your flavor. You lose your influence. You lose your saltiness. And when you have lost your saltiness, they will trample you under their feet. Look around us. Look at the current scenario in the whole world. When I read this scripture some three weeks ago, I got so annoyed and disturbed in my heart that the body of Christ has probably lost its saltiness and everyone is trampling on it. They are doing what they want. That's why they can even regulate when you meet, when you don't meet, what you do and what you do not do. You can make noises. Hey, we are essential. Hey, essential services to who? 
to yourselves, not to them. Probably because you have lost, you have lost your influence, you have lost something. Now you are trying to force them to recognize you. I've always argued with the pastors around you. I can't force the devil to recognize me. Jesus recognized me. And said I am the salt. And I am the salt. Talk to your neighbor and say stay salty. Because that's what they ought to be. Ladies and gentlemen, let's be mindful of this. That when they persecute us, when they say everything they are saying about us, they are trying to stop you from being influential in the manner of Christ in their lives. They must silence the voice of your righteousness. I said that they must then stop the impact of your influence so that whenever you do whatever you do, there are no results. And when you work and work, pray and pray, do whatever you are doing, wherever you are doing, and you look back, people are not giving their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. The situation is not changing like ours in Zimbabwe. Before long, your faith is tired. Before long, you don't want to attend prayer meetings. Before long, you don't want to do anything and say, ah, this thing doesn't work. After all, these people are okay. Let me join them. And maybe the day you decide to join, Jesus comes. Take care. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? We are the salt. Let's not lose our influence. And the Bible says we are the light. We're the light. No one lights a lamp and puts it under the table and expect light. You don't do that. Even in the natural, you don't do that. Otherwise, your table will be bent. Yeah? You don't do that. Light sits on the table. Jesus says we are a seat. A city of light that has been built on a hill for everyone to see. Don't be ashamed of being a Christian. Don't be ashamed of being born again. Don't be ashamed of being a child of God. Don't try and qualify your being a child of God with the things of the world. Because you are not driving a nice car, it doesn't make you a less child of God. The children of God are not defined by material things. We are defined by the blood of Jesus. We are defined by who Jesus is in our lives. We are defined by who we believe in, the Lord Jesus Christ. Who owns all the silver and all the gold in this earth? Are you listening to me this morning? You see, material things don't make us who we are. We have abandoned our being light for material things. And before we know it, we are walking in darkness. Like darkness. And we fail to influence any darkness to flee. Instead, we, f we, we run away from darkness. Which is supposed to be the opposite. Because we have defined ourselves according to what they want. What kind of a pastor without a suit, a label suit. Eh? What kind? 
What kind of a Christian are you? Where is your God if you can go for a day without bread with margarine? That's what they say. Don't you think so? Yeah? What kind of a Christian are you? And when you hear this, you begin to say, these people are really true. I am cheapening Jesus. So let me help God. And you begin to engage in crazy schemes and, and the crazy things. And you are always the ones caught. It's not them. It's always the Christians caught. And you are, the, you are always the ones in media. Hey, this one has done this. This one has done this. This one's has done this. Because you have abandoned who you are to fit in. To fit in a thing that you were taken out. You were called out. You no longer fit in. The, in that thing is dead. You are alive. How do you work with dead people? What are you doing building among the dead? You can't do that. You are light. You are shining for Jesus. You are shining at a different level. Let them shine. It is not shining. No, it's darkness trying to shine. Darkness imitating light. And darkness can never be light. I hope I am making sense this morning. So that people can understand. Ladies and gentlemen, let's not be afraid of who we are. We are the salt of the earth. We are the light of this world. We are born of God. We are children of the most high God. We are ambassadors of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are above only and not beneath. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. We don't walk according to the world. The styles of this world are not ours. We have a better style. Nothing in the world is better than what Christ has given you and me. Nothing. We have the best thing. We have the wisdom that created heavens and earth. We have the knowledge that sustains all creation. We have the understanding of God. We have the spirit of God, the spirit of truth, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of power. We have the spirit that solves all human afflictions, the spirit of God. So we are not cheap. And in the same manner, we don't go boasting and beating our chest among them. We are as humble as doves. Very influential. Very powerful. Can I ask that you talk to your neighbor and say you are very powerful? Don't look at your stature. Your power is not in the size of your body. <clears throat> your power is not even in the size of this one here. Your power is not in your academics. No. It's not. Your power is in Christ Jesus. Your power is in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says that the mention of that name, every knee shall bow. Of all things on earth, I mean in heaven, on earth, and underneath the earth. Jesus. And you represent that power. The resurrection power. That's the power you represent. Some time ago, I'm finishing. 
You see, when you are talking good stuff, you don't have to talk much. Just be short so that people can say, please continue. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I was in this place. You know, I work all over Zim. I had gone to this place. I, let me not mention the name because you are recording this. But somewhere in the Midlands towards the Mashonal and the West, <clears throat> you know the place, it is known for witchcraft. It's known for many things. In that place, many things happen. I can assure you, many things that we have records on, live records. And eagerly coming and picking up a child, woo, a baby, and flying away with the baby. Yeah? And dropping the baby somewhere. Yeah? A rapid, how many people know a hair? That clever animal. <clears throat> coming and knocking at your door, Pastor Kani. And you open Daisy hair and it says, I am looking for cooking oil. <laughs> because you have just come from month end. So you brought your cooking oil. <clears throat> and somebody must come and take it <laughs> through your hair. When we are in that place, you need to know you in Christ. But what I have seen with a lot of believers, <clears throat> two, yeah, I think four weeks ago, I had a meeting with pastors there in that place. What I have seen with a lot of Christians in that place, <clears throat> they have fit in, in the thinking of the context, in the doing of the context, in the culture of the context. In the everything of the context, they can't rise or raise their voices against witchcraft, against idolatry, against abuse, against everything else. They say, here, you don't talk. You die. Yeah, that's the church that believes in the most powerful power. That's the church that's supposed to be the light in that place. That is supposed to be the salt in that place. It has lost it. Yeah, I am there. I call them me being me. Excuse my craziness. <clears throat> me being me. I think I need to drink some, something. I go there, I am teaching, and I normally say to myself, Lord, I am the light. Wherever I am, <coughs> darkness flees. I don't run away from darkness. So I say to, uh, to my pastors the first day, <coughs> listen, for these three days, I am with you. Your couplings, your fairies, your hairs and your rapids and your eclis and your all things that you know don't work in this area because I'm here. You're not going to hear any nonsense and they won't even come to where I sleep. You go there, you sleep, you wake up, you are at the door. <laughs> the bed is somewhere else. <clears throat> yeah? And people don't want to go there and people run away from the place. So I called and said, listen, gentlemen, I am not here to play games. I don't even play such games. 
Yeah? Stay where you are. But if you are going to walk with me for this week, you have to come up to where I am. I'm not coming to where you are. Because when I step here, your darkness flees. Your powers of darkness are disqualified. The power that I represent is at work here. And I needed those pastors to repent. And to get born again, again. So they can be light. What am I trying to say? Ladies and gentlemen, we are children of light. We are the light. Why run away from darkness? Why do that? Can I encourage this church this morning? Stay light. For this reason, verse number 16. Let's read verse number 16 and I give Clive back his mic. It has worsened my voice. <laughs> In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So that they may see your good works, the works of light. When you bow, when you run away from persecution, when you fit in, guess who you are betraying? The Father in heaven. Because they no longer see your good works. Instead, they see ordinary works. They see things that they can also do. They see things that they do themselves. And when they see things that they are able to do, it is no longer about our Father who is in heaven. It's about our abilities, our human abilities. It's about our own strength. There is no praise for God. This is where the church has missed it. All the things we do are common. They do also. All the things we love and want to have, they are common. They also have. The things we post about, they are common. They also have. And maybe they have better things than your things. No glory to God. Glory to human wisdom. Glory to science. Glory to everything else. To human intellectualism and human whatever. And never glory to our Father in heaven. Let's not betray the Father. Jesus is coming soon. This is time for righteousness. This is time for defending the faith. This is time for standing up for Jesus. Once and for all, make that decision. Determine like Paul. In your midst, I determine this one thing, to know Jesus only. Because when we know him, we know everything. God bless the church. God bless you throughout the week. Stand for righteousness and stand up for Jesus in everything that you do, beginning from your homes into the communities and into the world. You are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world. Let's we pray. <clears throat> Holy Father, we thank you this morning for your goodness. We thank you for your love. We thank you for the power of your word. And Lord, thank you that we are indeed the salt of this earth. We are indeed the light of the world. Indeed, we have the kingdom influence over this world. Forgive us, Lord, <clears throat> where we have fit into the schemes of the world. But this morning, we decide afresh to run with our Christ 
and to stand up with our Jesus. That we may shine everywhere we are. And that this world would see our good, extraordinary, supernatural works. And they will give glory to you. In Jesus' mighty name, Lord, we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Thank you.